0: Welcome to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech. I'm Jude Jennison, the host of this podcast, and I'm the founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I work with senior leadership teams to help them align through behavioural change. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the intersection between technology, humanity and leadership, and looking at how we use technology to be more human and increase emotional connection, and enhance the way that we live and work. I'll be interviewing leaders from technology businesses who are at the forefront of changing how we live and work. You will not want to miss this. Some of the conversations have been enlightening and inspiring, and I hope you enjoy them as much as I have done. Ria Blackburn from Vanti talks about using technology in smart buildings in a way that makes life easier and enhances the human experience of the workplace. I found that really exciting. We discuss how remote working has been possible due to the available technology and how we've also recognised the importance of the face-to-face human interaction in the absence of it. Ria is pragmatic about the future needing to be more in balance. She also talks about the importance of understanding the emotional state of everyone in the team to guide how you work together. Have a listen. Hi, Ria. Thanks for joining me today. Can you tell us who you are and what you do, please?
1: Yeah, no problem. Uh, my name is Rhea Blackburn. I work for a technology company called Vanti. We're based in Birmingham. Uh, we do smart buildings, basically. We're a systems integrator, and we design technology solutions as well. So, our whole goal is to basically make loads of different systems work seamlessly together to provide a really great user experience for anyone using the bu- the building. My role within the company is a little bit a little bit odd. Um, I originally sort of encountered Vanti through my previous uh, role, which um, was my own marketing consultancy. Uh, Then I joined them full-time to lead the service side of their business, which was a bit of a shift. And now my role is changing again, uh, and I'm going to be focused on sort of transforming and business-improving tasks and projects just to sort of really focus on um, making the business better. We're at a bit of a a growth stage where we're sort of... um, Going through that kind of startup scale up um, stage, there's there's just over forty of us now, and we're desperately in need of a bit more structure, more processes, and um, you know a bit more of a organisation around how we actually work as a business. So so I'm going to be doing a lot of things around that just to try and make everyone's lives easier within the business.
0: And how has how has that changed? I'm guessing that it's changed dramatically over the last eight months as a result of of COVID as as I think just about every business has changed dramatically how how has it impacted you
1: so it was it was difficult for the business to begin with and we did um furlough about a third of, of the team um we initially struggled because a lot of our work takes place on building sites so we tend to go in towards the end of projects and fit all the technology or or you know make the existing systems like the heating and ventilation system link up with with other systems and put our own kind of um brains behind it, if you will. Um, so for the first you know, few weeks, we were completely unable to, to go to site and carry out that work. Obviously everything completely shut down. Um, the side of the company that works from the office usually, so the kind of more administrative tasks, design tasks, anyone that can kind of work behind a computer, uh, everyone worked from home. So that was fine. But the engineers were all kind of twiddling their thumbs for a bit or trying to make stuff better back at base. Um, but since then, since the building sites opened again, um, we've kind of been full steam ahead and we've been, we've been inundated with queries from companies that are like, okay, well now we probably are going to be working remotely for the foreseeable future, you know, possibly a a chunk of us forever. Um, so how do we now make our offices, uh, supportive of that? You know, how do we kind of have this mobile first attitude or make sure or, um, our meeting rooms are easy to dial into for people that are remote and you know obviously there's a lot of conversation going on right now around what the office of the future is going to look like um, so I feel like we're, we're kind of ideally placed right now to, to support businesses that want to sort of shift how they're how they're working um, so yeah we're, we're, we're now very fortunately in a very in a very good position um because it's 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 our bread and butter really what people are looking for right now so when you say uh smart buildings
0: tell me tell me a bit about some of the the technology that that goes into a smart building
1: so i think a lot of people think of, uh, of smart buildings like they do you know their their sort of smart home kit they're like alexa do this alexa do that but really the kind of functionality of a smart building should be a lot more in the background than that it should work a lot more seamlessly so you shouldn't have to ask it to do stuff it should know that you want to do it so for example when you um swipe into the building in the morning you don't tell the lift which floor you want to go to the floor uh, the lift knows which floor you want to go to because it's your your home floor and obviously you then can over override it if you're like no i'm gonna go and visit my friend on on this floor to start the day um and you know you don't tell meeting rooms to power on they know that you've got the booking and they power on automatically and they set the temperature and they set the lighting um, blinds based on sunlight coming in they do all that stuff so you don't have to so you can literally just get in there and start your meeting um we what we what we do as part of that puzzle is um we do a lot of the av work around it so we get all the screens and the audio and everything that was kind of the beginning of vanti anyway but now what we bring to it is the integration of all those systems. We glue everything together um, and we've now developed our own platform called Smart SmartCore, um, which is uh, currently being sort of putting the finishing touches on our sort of strategy around that because we are looking to open source it um and yeah we just basically make everything work seamlessly together ideally um so it's just the building's like just a pleasure to use and 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 sort of really supports people doing what they're there to do
0: and how how do you find people adapt to it because obviously whenever there's a change there's always there's always an element of resistance isn't there there's always you early adopters who are who embrace it and get excited and a few that resist it and but how do you how do you find people adapt to not having to do all of those things to suddenly not think about them even?
1: So our our approach is very much like we don't want technology to rule the show. Sometimes the easiest way to put lights on in a room is to, a light switch. And yeah. and so we don't kind of use technology for the sake of using technology. Um, within all the meetings, meeting rooms that that we um, we install, um, there's always a touch panel that allows users to actually override the the automatic one so you know if they're in a meeting room and it's turned the lights on automatically to 60% based on the light levels outside you might want to then turn them off completely because you're like looking at something on a screen and it's easier for whatever whatever reason you want to have more control over it or perhaps somebody's got um you know issues with their vision and and would like to set it to a different level because of that the touch panel will allow the user to control the room in whatever they want the way that they want to so i think psychologically it helps people to still have that level of of control and freedom to make those decisions themselves mm. so it's not it's not really reinventing the wheel it's more kind of just taking away the things that you know slow people down like at the beginning of the meeting i'm sure you've been in meetings yourselves where you've gone into a room and everyone's like oh yeah we're sorry we've just got to get it all powered up and then like it's 10 minutes later and you haven't even started yet the idea is like with our rooms you just you go in you plug your laptop in you're good to go
0: yeah and the age old oh I'll just take that I'll just put that blind down because the
1: sun's in my eyes and and then you sit down you go oh no it wasn't that blind it's the next one <laughs> <laughs> exactly so um we've just fit, finished a fit out um, on a floor in a building that we've worked in before in them um, in London um uh, uh, and everything there is automated in terms of the blinds. So um, it, it will measure the sunlight coming into the room and it will set the blinds automatically. So it shouldn't be something anyone ever has to worry about. But again, the blinds are controllable from the touch panel if anyone does wanna change them. Yeah.
0: And, and in terms of your own, so so what I'm hearing with that is, what you're doing is you're designing solutions that are en- enhancing the human experience so they're making it making yeah, our like lives nice way so to put it making our lives easier means that we don't have to think about things that we don't want to think about we can just get into a meeting crack on and and not worry about it in terms of your your own business how do you how do you make sure or how do you use technology in a way that enhance, enhances the way that your team work
1: well, good question. I think I think with uh with us we we don't necessarily learn the lessons that we do with clients. You know, it's like the window cleaners windows are never clean that kind of thing. So um there's tons of stuff we would love to kind of implement in our own office um, just to make things easier. And we do when we have the time, but obviously kind of client work takes priority. So all this stuff that we we kind of fit out at, at client sites, we then don't necessarily have reflected in the office so I mean and, and again that's kind of the sort of thing that's going to come under my remit with the with the transformation work I'm going to be doing it's not just like putting in processes and making lives better for people that way it's it's also going to be oh this meeting room needs to be improved because everyone's having a terrible time with the technology in it so we're going to actually assess that as a project but I think because of the, the sort of nature of the work we do and you know the attitude of our team everybody's switched fairly seamlessly to a more remote first way of working so the office has been um closed to anyone that doesn't really need to be there um for months we did have like a brief period a couple of months ago where we're like okay we can maybe let people you know come back in um if they really need to um I'm, I'm, I was kind of thinking more like uh people. So we've got um, a member of the team that lives in a flat, a one-bedroom flat in the middle of Birmingham, doesn't have any outside space. Was living with a partner who was working shifts, so she was working the lounge. He'd be getting up in like you know the middle of the day while she was on a call, and she was losing her mind, bless her. So mm-hmm. you know, for people like that, they're like they do want to be working in the office. So we we wanted to kind of accommodate that a little bit more, but. You know, obviously, the way things have been in the last few weeks, we've then had to kind of clamp down a little bit more. So, we usually only have uh, one person working in the office, um, just to make sure we can collect deliveries and and um, returns that need taking, uh, need handling, uh, and then our engineering team are, are often in doing prep as well. But so we are sort of very much still kind of remote as a as a majority of the business. Um, and, it, you know, I think I think everybody's been fine with it. We've got, you know, a team of people that are used to using technology and used to sort of like coming up with innovative solutions and everyone's switched relatively well. But we, we definitely still have this thing where, you know, we're missing each other physically and physically being in the office. So, you know, it's the kind of thing that makes me think long, long term, the balance is somewhere between between the two, ideally, for everyone. I think a lot of people have really appreciated the the sort of remote life because it's allowed them, allowed them to spend more time with their family you know then they haven't got a commute in the mornings but i think people would still be sort of willing to to kind of come into the office you know a couple of times a week few times a month just to sort of have that human interaction and to have those what i call um kitchen kitchen epiphanies where you're in the kitchen talking to someone and then you're like oh yeah we need to do this thing or yeah that's a really good idea let's work on that together which isn't really taking place at the moment
0: yeah it's much it's much harder to manufacture that type of conversation isn't it that general chit chat of you know how are you in front of
1: in front of a screen full of 20 other people so yeah definitely um, and i think you know we we were already in the habit of checking in at the beginning of every meeting um before this we've been doing it for quite a while just so everyone in the room has an understanding of like what's what everyone's mindset is so at the so, talk me talk me through that then, because that's unusual. So, um, at the beginning of every meeting, we'll we'll just do check in. So, we'll go around the room, um, usually in a bit of a popcorn fashion, rather than you know, you then you then you, and uh, and and we'll just it would just be like how how are you doing today? Uh, and the idea is that that then informs everyone as to as to what sort of brain space someone has. So you know, it, it might be that someone's like, Do you know what, I'm, I've had a really bad night's sleep and I'm not really with it. So I, I can't really cope with a lot of stuff today. And that just helps everyone go, okay, cool. Well, you know, don't worry, we'll go easy on you. Um, Or if someone's just like, no, I'm full of energy. Like I'm happy to lead this instead of anyone wants me to. It just helps just really kind of just get to know where people are and and, and, and avoid making assumptions. So if, if we hadn't gone through that stage and somebody was sat there with a bit of a face on them in the because they hadn't slept but they hadn't had the opportunity to say i haven't slept something a bit rubbish um you might you might make assumptions like oh are they not having a good time in this meeting is this boring for them like and then you know that kind of leads to resentment and that whole thing so it's just to sort of just understand each other a bit more and we're still we're still doing that for for our remote meetings as well which i think is probably more important than other because you know like we said earlier it is just a bit of a a strange time and and you know people are going to have up days and down days. And I think everyone just needs to sort of be understanding and patient with that.
0: Which, And I'm really curious about that because, you know, I think your approach is quite unusual. Um, I mean, I, I've, I've seen it, I've seen it work brilliantly um, and I've never actually seen it not work, but there are very few organizations that actually adopt that approach where they just take a moment to just say, like, how are you? How do you, um, how did you implement that when you first when you first did it? Or has that been there from the beginning of time with the company?
1: No, it, it did get implemented. Um, it was just, uh, you know, we sort of made the case for it, so explained why we were doing it. And I think that that context is really important because it, I think otherwise it seems like a fairly superficial thing to do because you're just like, oh, how are you? And people might just be like, I'm fine. But if you go into that context and you say you know if you if you genuinely tell us how you are it helps us to sort of you know pitch the meeting or or understand how we're interacting with you um and not make assumptions and not jump to conclusions about you know if you're a bit snappy for example um and i think you know giving that context and explaining why we're doing it really helped and i think some people did find it a bit alien to begin with especially people that you know are a bit more closed off um but it's just like a habit now. It's a very normal thing that happens within the company, and I think it. I think what makes Vanti different culturally to a lot of companies is that we really are people centric in, in in what we do, and that applies to, you know, the technology we we implement and and us as a as a business as well. You know, we always look at user experience when it comes to technology. We always put the end user front and center. So who's actually going to use be using this kit what's the experience going to be like for them um and then you know we do the same internally we we, we try and um we try and make everyone aware that they don't have to wear a mask to work they can be them false their full selves and and that open and openness and transparency i think really really contributes to us being you know a better company and a stronger company you know, we do have the kind of um situation where if we if somebody is really struggling from mental health reasons, particularly, they, they feel comfortable a lot of the time to go onto our company Slack and say, I'm I'm really struggling today. And that might not be to the whole business, it might just be to their individual team, but they might be like, I'm I'm struggling today, to be honest. And it's we've 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 really tried to normalise that behaviour and normalize, you know, taking time off for mental health reasons as well, rather than just struggling through the day. So it's something I'm really proud of, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 quite astonishing, really. Are you are you finding because what I'm hearing from that is that the process of implementing something as simple as a quick check in, and, and I'm assuming it doesn't take half an hour, that it's a quick. No,
1: it is supposed to be very quick at the beginning of the it, a meeting.
0: It, it's just a quick. Yeah, I didn't sleep well. Yeah, I did. I'm full of energy. I'm not. So it's a quick round round the room. Um, what I'm what I'm hearing is that what that's then creating is a culture where it's okay to drop the mask and be open and honest and transparent, which means that you can nip mental health issues in the bud so that if somebody is struggling, I'm guessing if somebody says every day for two weeks, I'm really struggling, I'm
1: really struggling.
0: (laughs) Somebody would, somebody would,
1: I don't know, would, would somebody pick that up? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it would depend on who's in the meeting. You know, not everybody in Banty has like the same level of emotional intelligence, but I think, As an organisation we do have a lot of people that are kind of aware of things like that and I think making people aware that you know it's it's okay to talk about mental health issues has sort of created advocates for it really because you know we've had quite a few people come forward and go I've struggled with this at some point in my life even if it's not you know active now um, and they they then you know have to have to sort of experience to be able to support someone. So if you've got someone like that in a meeting or someone that's just got high emotional intelligence and somebody every single day for two weeks has gone not really struggling, they they definitely would be taken aside and gone like, do you want a little chat about this? Should we go and grab a coffee? Hmm. And we really sort of do have that. Like that, it never feels like taking time out to talk about stuff like that is is against the business. I think a lot of you know a lot of bigger companies particularly would probably go know oh, that's on company time that's not okay but if, if you need to kind of pause things and take someone out for a chat then then it's absolutely fine um as well as doing the check-ins we you know if it's if it's been a sort of heavy meeting we'll often do checkouts as well and that doesn't that doesn't occur every time but if we've had a meeting where we've been unpacking a lot of stuff and and going through you know stuff that maybe there's been a bit of conflict during the meeting on we'll often just be like at the end of the meeting okay how's everyone feeling now can we just sort of Checking at this stage and, and make sure everyone's on the same page and that you know that's kind of to stop then resentment building afterwards so if you've had had a kind of meeting where you know a couple of people have maybe been approaching things from a from a different angle and haven't really done a great job of meeting in the middle um you know it just sort of helps go oh, well I found that really hard to be honest and I'm 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 not really feeling great about it now and it just gives them an opportunity to just bring that stuff to the surface and, and out into the light rather than that person going off and telling someone else that they've had a bad meeting and they're not feeling great.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's two things that, that come up for me in all of that. One is that um, I interviewed somebody a while ago now who had a mental health issue and he struggled for 18 months before and it got to a crisis point where he thought he was going to collapse in a meeting room um in a client meeting and and just walked out um <clears throat> and he'd struggled for 18 months and nobody knew and um you know what i'm hearing is your approach i'm, I'm you know i'm not suggesting you're going to catch everybody but but by giving people that opportunity and making it normal to say actually i'm struggling today because we all struggle we all have days we all have good days and bad days don't we and i think you know we're we're lying if we if we think that we're always on a perfect high, um, and we're not being honest to ourselves if that's the case. So what I'm hearing is that you're making it the norm so that you can actually nip things in the bud before they get to that crisis point where you know this guy he was very open and honest about it on on a podcast call, um, and he you know it took him six months before he was he felt able to come back to work. And what I'm hearing is if you catch those things early sometimes giving people a week off or a few days off could be enough to get them back in without needing to lose somebody for for 6
1: months um yeah definitely that's so sad for him that that he he's he'd obviously been struggling with that for a long time to get to that's an absolute breaking point isn't it just walking out of a client meeting like yeah. nobody wants to do that but he obviously felt like he had no choice that's yeah. you know we we'd never want oh just the thought of that we'd never ever want anyone to get to that point and and I think we do have I think everyone in the business quickly becomes aware when they join that there are people who they can talk to at any time you can just like drop a message but then we also are sort of proactive with check-ins as well for people like you know if 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 I haven't caught up with someone in a while I'm you know I'll drop them a message be like do you want to have a little chat like how are you doing at the moment and and just sort of kind of keep keep your finger on the pulse of of how everyone is is doing because I mean I think what you said there is very valid as well in terms of it's better for someone to be off for a week than than six months so there's a complete business case for it too you know like it's as well as the fact we genuinely care about our team you know it's as a small business it, it, it would be harmful for us to lose somebody for six months so it makes sense for us as a business to invest the time and energy into looking after our people so that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. And the, the other thing that, that came for me around around what you were saying as well was that openness and transparency then to be able to be honest. I'm, I love the idea of the the checkout as well, particularly when when meetings have perhaps been, you know, fraught or, or, or this conflict. Because you know, I was talking to an MD the other day and, and they were saying that um they they delivered some some bad news of a of a sort not terrible news but some bad news to the team and said how is that and everybody had said yeah that's fine and then they all went out of the meeting and they were all you know back backbiting and on the phone to each other and having a go and you just think that's so damaging it's such yeah it's such negative behaviour and so damaging for both both personally professionally and and from a business point of view isn't it if you've got a team of people that don't feel that they can open up and say actually I don't like that decision um you know sometimes we have to put up and shut up don't we (laughs) so so I'm you know I recognize that we're not all going we're not all going to like every decision that's made Um, but to be able to have the honesty to say I don't like the decision I'll go along with it but I don't like it is I think is really quite refreshing for for people to have that level of honesty
1: yeah and I think you know having the opportunity to do things like that even if it's not in the meeting if you want to like flag it afterwards but knowing that you can flag it is it's really vital because some of the time that stuff will just be down to misunderstanding so if somebody walks away from that, re- that meeting and they they're then like hang on a minute I don't really like that and they then have the opportunity to come to someone like me or someone else in their team and say, I, I didn't really like this new policy for this reason. And I'll be like, Oh no, that's sorry. We haven't communicated that very well. It's actually this. And they'll be like, Oh, okay, cool. I mean, that's not obviously always going to be the case. Sometimes it will be that they don't like it and that's how it is, but at mm-hmm. least, you know, they can talk about it and talk it through and, and maybe get a little bit more understanding of the context and, and, you know, as as sort of um, people that put out like new policies and stuff, it then gives us the understanding of how we can communicate better next time as well. And
0: are you, have you found that as a result of this, you've got higher levels of engagement and, and more honest and transparent conversation, you know, irrespective of the check-ins and check-outs, but generally in a meeting, does that mean people are more honest and transparent because they know it's okay to do so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we, we also have really high staff retention levels as well. Um, But I do think, I almost think of it as like a little bit of a cult sometimes, it's like a little bit of a cult of Vanti. You, you just kind of really buy in um to what we're doing. And I think that is because, you know, not only are we doing really cool stuff with technology, we just have this really nice culture where... It does just feel like you, you don't have to kind of get up and go, oh, I'm really not in the mood for this today. Oh, but everything's fine. I'm just going to put a mask on and just struggle through the day and then be exhausted at the end. You know, it is this feeling of like belonging and and, you know, being part of a, a really nice team. I think the only downside to it is that sometimes, you know, because we are kind of not all friends but you know there is a lot of care for one another regardless it, it can sometimes be hard to make difficult decisions or have awkward conversations so that's something we're you know we're sort of aware of and, and are kind of working at how we can kind of do better like you know give that feedback that might be difficult to receive when you're probably delivering it to someone that you would also then go for a drink with afterwards it's, it's mm-hmm. difficult
0: yeah and um, what would your what would your advice be to other technology companies because often technology in the technology industry is is seen as very logical left-brain thinking um and increasingly i think it's particularly in the startup space we're seeing a lot more innovation a lot more creativity a lot more collaborative working what would what would your but but the the technology industry tends to be driven by logical left-brain types of people not exclusively but but tends to be what would your advice be to to organizations where perhaps people don't have a culture of opening
1: up how how might they how might they shift from one to the other i think it's really important that companies invest in that skill set somebody that has the sort of skill set to to deal with people um And that's not just like, oh, we'll get someone, we'll get HR person. And it really, it's really important, especially in small businesses um, and and ones that are growing fast as technology companies often do, to have somebody that really gets people. Um, And Vanti didn't for quite a while. It wasn't really until we brought our COO Faye in a few years ago that we really had anyone that was like, well, let's think about the team and, and how we're sort of nurturing the team and looking after them. Because you know a business i always i always fight against the um, the uh, treatment of businesses as a single entity because they're not they're a collection of people so when you hear like and i think it's more of an americanism saying um vanti is it's like no vanti are vanti are because it's it's a group of people it's not just one thing on its own um, and i think you know you're nothing without those people and if you don't have leadership in place or you don't have anyone in that company that really gets people and can kind of elicit a sort of that that kind of feedback from them and really understand their motivation because not everyone's motivation is money a lot of people have different goals especially now I think um you know people that can kind of get to the the core of that and go okay this is how we need to be treating people or no do you know what you're about to make this decision and it's going to have this impact so you need to be aware of that Uh, bringing someone in and investing in those skills to make sure you can kind of have that you know people focused outlook with your team i think is really vital i think you know as well the costs of staff turnover are a ginormous and often something that smaller businesses can't really bear also again with smaller businesses so much knowledge sits with individuals like especially if you're you know you're scaling quickly like we found ourselves there's not a ton of time to actually get those processes and knowledge out of people's heads and onto paper so it can be shared around so generally with sort of smaller businesses and, and technology startups, especially that I've, I've worked with, it just lives in people's heads and you're just relying on them not leaving to retain that information within the company. So, you know, I think key to people not leaving is making them feel like good in their role and making them feel listened to and, and looked after and valued. And not not everyone that starts a business has got the skills to do that. Um, so it's definitely worth companies finding someone with the skills if they don't have them internally.
0: And, and making it and making it important, Ria, it's been fantastic to talk to you. I think the work that you're doing with with Vanti is just a great example of how you bring technology and humanity together, and and lead your way through that in a way that creates technology that enhances the user experience, but also is enhancing the experience of your employees as well in in lots of ways. So thank you so much for your time.
1: No problem, and I'm I'm always happy to talk to anyone about it if if anyone wants to sort of find out more about what we've done and the the mistakes we've made because it's not been smooth sailing all the time and what we've kind of learned as well.
0: So in in terms of that, how can how can people reach you?
1: I'd love to be all like I'm great on LinkedIn, but honestly, I'm terrible on LinkedIn. So it's it's always best to email me, um, which is Ria R I A. Blackburn B L A G at uh, B U R N at Vanti V A N T I. dot co. dot uk.
0: Brilliant. Thanks, Ria, for your time. No problem, thank you. Vanti have created a culture of transparency around emotions and mental health. It's so important to be honest about differences of opinion, and I love the way that they provide an opportunity for people to share how they feel after a difficult meeting, as well as before it. I agree with Ria that it makes business sense to care for the people in the team, but they seem to have gone beyond the words and actually put it into action. The level of honesty and openness about how people feel is refreshing in a world of fast-paced technological change. The business case for clarity and openness is clear. How can you create more clarity and openness in your team? And what might be different if you had a quick check-in and check-out of your meetings? That's it for this week. You've been listening to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech Week. I'm Jude Jennison, host of the podcast and founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I hope you've been as inspired by this week's guest as I have. If you'd like to know more about how I help leaders and teams be more human in a world of technology, you may be surprised to discover I do it by working in a field with a herd of horses. Sound crazy? All innovation's crazy in the beginning. So if you like to think outside of the box and get rapid results, you can find out more at www.judejennison.com. And if you'd like to find out more about the exciting technology scene in Birmingham, hop on to the Birmingham Tech website at www.birminghamtechweek.com. Until next time, that's it from me, Jude Jennison, the official podcast partner for Birmingham Tech.